0: Hey, you know it's uh, it's been a great ride. How long have you been at um, Hope Center for? Too long. Another. Hey, it's been it's been a joy having you around. We love your spirit. Of course, you're a good friend of Hope Center for a long time, and uh, and it's been great having you part of the journey of Hope Center across the time. And we want to say thank you to everyone in Palmerston North that. It, Blessed him and released him and sent him down. You put up your hands if you're from Palmerston North here. Look at that. That's great. Emma, what are you doing in the Palmerston North row? You're supposed to be in the lower heart row. Come on, get out of there. No, no, just. But it's, it's been awesome. He's got a f- phenomenal heart for God. Of course, Brendan is our Young Adults Director, and uh, it's exciting to see what God's doing. So why don't you put your hands together. and great big welcome to Brendan Collins.
1: Awesome. That is the nicest introduction. I don't know who that person is, but awesome. Praise God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. How are you doing tonight, church? Good. Okay, I can't preach on this side. I'm doing the Seth thing now, aren't I? <laughs> How are you doing tonight? Come on. Come on. God is good, eh? He is so here. Why don't you just lift your hands before the Lord? Come on. He is here. It's evident. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you into this moment, this moment that could change us, Lord, if we just really lean in. Father, we lean in tonight. Holy Spirit, we we have not come just to to sit on the sides and, and just be part of an event tonight or part of a service or gathering, but God, we've come tonight with faith in our hearts to believe the God of the impossible, To move mountains in Jesus' name. God, we declare your anointing that breaks chains right now into this environment right now. Holy Spirit, would you come and bring healing upon every sick body in this auditorium this evening? Holy Spirit, we invite you and give you permission to do what only you can do raise the dead. Break demonic forces in people's minds tonight in Jesus' name. Bring healing into everybody. We thank you for your word that goes out and does what accomplishes it to do. And so tonight we honor you. We honor you. Let us not be familiar with the presence of the Holy Spirit as a comfort. But let us grow tonight to know your nature and your kindness and your grace over our lives like we've never experienced before. That those who've come in bound will go out free. (laughs) Those who've come in sick will go out healed. And we just release our merit of favor over every individual, over every marriage, over every uh, young person, teenager, young adult in this room tonight. Would you have your way in Jesus' name? And everybody said? Amen. Come on, let's get Jesus a shout, a praise. Hallelujah. Awesome. I just got a couple of prophetic words just during worship. I just really, really sense the Lord speaking. Uh, Jude, I just really felt like the Lord, is there's a real anointing on your playing tonight. And I just really believe that it's not just about your playing that you carry, but actually there's a leadership anointing that you carry. And there have been moments when you feel like you've been left out, and it's just like, you know, I do this, my family do this, whatever. I had a sense in my heart tonight, the Lord's saying, get ready on both of you for there is a, there's a leadership um, anointing that you both carry. And you, it's like a fresh wave is coming on both of you guys. And it's like the Lord is showing me that once what was was um, barren, God's about to bring to life. That dream in your hearts that you thought maybe God has forgotten. You say, No, tonight I am putting a yes in you and I'm putting a commissioning in you. And it's like you've got a prophetic anointing due upon you on your plane, but actually you've got a prophetic call upon you. And I sense that the Lord is saying, Get ready, jump into the river, don't hold back because what He's put in you is about to come to pass on both of you in this season in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I've uh, shown us really felt sense in my spirit tonight that the Lord is getting, uh, getting a new prophetic realm ready for you. Not just in worship, but in, in the gift that God has placed on the inside of you. But I saw the Lord just beginning to uh, get you prepared for this nation. For there's a worship movement that you are called to bring in the prophetic realm. And I just saw you, I know you're doing this prophetic lab, but I saw there was more to that. It was upon layer upon layer, dimension upon dimension. And I saw you training up the next generation of worshipers of what it is to, to, to uh, lead people in the ministry of the prophetic. And it's like a fresh sound upon you. And it's like that every time you begin to lead worship, there is something that shifts in the environment. There's something that shifts in the atmosphere. And I hear the Lord saying, There's a, it's like a new tide is coming for you. A new tide, it's like where it's got to a level, and that's nice, Lord. But the Lord said there is more. It's like, get that reserve gear ready, because what he's about to do, you're going to be amazed. You're going to be amazed, and it's nothing that He has done before in your life. It's something new and something fresh in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Can we give Jesus some praise for those words? (laughs) Awesome. I better preach now (laughs) if you guys want to be out before midnight. (laughs) Nah, it's so good. (sighs) I just want to, just as I start, you know, part of what I do is I believe in honor. You know, the Bible says we give honour where honour is due. I just want to honour our pastors tonight, Pastor Paul and Jody. Don't we love them? Love you guys. It's really honour. Oh man, there's so much I could honour about these two. But just honour the call of God and thank you for hearing the Lord a few years ago. And you said yes to come to Wellington and you guys have been on my journey for a few years now and just really been supporting me and encouraging me. And I just want to honor you guys tonight and thank you for the opportunity to uh, preach tonight. Do not take this opportunity lightly. So thank you. Can we give it up again for our amazing pastors? They love you all. They believe in you. And um, let's get around them and keep encouraging them and supporting them in this season. Amen? Amen? Amen. Awesome. Well, if you've got your Bibles tonight, who brought their Bibles to church? Yeah, that's awesome. So good. Had Michael and Linda on the front row tonight. <laughs> so good. Heard Michael preached a fiery word over in the Northern Hills. Do we have any Northern Hills family here tonight? Oh, that's so good. Awesome. So great. So awesome to have you guys in, with us this evening. Um, John chapter four. Uh, verse 7 to 24 this evening, Um, I think I might have slides, yes? Oh, oh, I do, look at that, I'm I'm organized for once in my life. (laughs) Um, Awesome, so tonight the title of my message is called Freedom Looks Good on You. Freedom looks good on you, and this is a fresh word that I just felt the Lord just shifted me yesterday Thank you, Lord, for being so kind to me. Amen. <laughs> do think you like it when God just direction. It's so good. But I just really felt like this is a word and season for us as a community tonight. And I just want you to lean in. But John chapter four, verse seven. You probably know this story. It's about the woman at the well. And uh, the Bible says this. I'm reading from the Amplified version tonight, and it says this. Then a woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone off into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman asked him, how is it that, that you, being a Jew, asked me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For Jews have nothing to do with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew about God's gift of eternal life and who it is who says, give me a drink, you would have asked him instead and he would have given you living water, eternal life. She said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with, no bucket and rope, and the well is deep. Where then? do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and who used to drink from it himself and his sons and his cattle also? Jesus answered her, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. But the water that I give him Oh, hallelujah. Help me, Jesus, with this. Will become in him a spring of water, satisfying his thirst for God, welling up, continuing, flowing, bubbling within him to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so that I will not get thirsty, nor have to continually come all the way here to draw. At this, Jesus said, Go call your husband and come back. The woman answered, I do not have a husband. (laughs) And Jesus said to her, You have correctly said, I do not have a husband. For you have five husbands. How many of you know that is a lot of husbands? I mean, I've got one fiance. I don't know how it would be like having five. Amen? I love Emma, but I'm having five would actually dig my head in. Amen? (laughs) Five husbands, that's a lot. Sorry, I'm just having a little bit of fun (laughs) in church. And the man you are now living with is not your husband. You have said this truthfully. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you do say that the place where one ought to worship is in Jerusalem at the temple. Jesus replied, Hallelujah, bear with me. Thank you, Lord. Jesus replied, if you believe in me, a time is coming when God's kingdom comes, when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans do not know what you worship, but we Jews do know what we worship, for salvation is from the Jews. But a time is coming, and this is a prophetic fulfillment over our nation, but a time is coming, and it's already here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit from the heart, the inner self, and in truth. For the Father seeks such people to be his worshippers. God is spirit, the source of life, yet invisible to mankind, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. I know there was a lot of scripture. I am so sorry about that. Actually, no, I'm not sorry about that because it's the word of God. (laughs) But, you know, this is. I want to paint a. I want to read the scripture tonight because I want to paint a context of what is going on here for us to get a greater understanding this evening about what is happening with this woman. This woman is a broken woman. There's a key here. She's a broken woman that has five husbands. You know, if we uh, know about the history or the culture of Samaritans and Jews, Samaritans don't associate with Jews. And Jews just didn't associate with Samaritans. It's just not what you did in the culture in this day and age. And there was like a like a cultural shift that Jesus saw, but he saw in this woman not the brokenness of the five husbands. He didn't see her upbringing as her destination. But he saw and heard this ability that literally if I can release some freedom from the Father in heaven on the inside of you, that a revelation, an encounter with Jesus could change the course of history, not just for you, but for those around you. And so often, I don't know what you've come here carrying tonight, but so I'm just guessing in a, a room this size, that we can come in here with the sense of, I don't know what's on my life, or the sense of betrayment, or the sense of guilt, or the uh, sense of shame, or the sense of this product of actually, I'm not good enough for God and all the rest of it. And we can live heavy and defeated, and we can feel weighed down by the enemy. And so often, church, we actually give the enemy too much credit. The enemy is attacking me again. I'm going through this pain, and I get that. And I, I tell you what, if you are going through that tonight, I love you. I really do. But I think so often we go around the same mountain too long. And, we, and, we, and the Lord is saying, yeah, come on, I forgave that like 10 years ago when you asked for me to forgive you on that. Has anyone been there or is it just me, you know? <laughs> you know where, like literally, the enemy tries to bring guilt. The enemy tries to bring shame. The enemy tries to bring confusion. The enemy says, oh, you know what, you missed it that time, so you don't have a destiny. It tells you to get quit, to give up. I mean, I've been in church my whole life and, you know, I've seen a couple of things and, you know, one of the things that grieves my heart is when I see people run away from God because it was so hard. And we're living in a generation where the enemy would like to steal, kill and destroy as John 10 verse 10 declares. But I believe that the tide is turning church and I don't say this as a hype message or, oh, this guy's quite passionate, you know. But actually, the thing is, we've got to be passionate. You can either be passionate or passive, but you can't be both. Yeah, that's right. Oh, let me say that again. You can either be passionate or passive, but you can't be both. But I believe that there's a new hunger rising in our nation, in the body of Christ, because it's got to start with the church, right? You know, we can pray prayers, Lord, you know, save the city forever, but it's not until we go out into this evil world we call <laughs> and actually go and pray for somebody and people call that radical yeah. I just call that normal Really? (laughs) I don't know if this is naturally, you know, I walk in that evangelist gifting on my life, but I just think that's normal for us as followers of Christ just to go and and, and say, can I pray for you? Hey, can I, you know, the Lord speaks prophetically over someone's life that I can just go and prophesy as the Lord leads, you know, and, and speak encouragement. I could write a book on that. Pastor Paul and Jody know I can write a book, stories. I come into the office sometimes. I go, oh my gosh, Paul, I just led this person to the Lord. I'm, I'm on my lunch break, for goodness' sakes, you know, getting some fresh air and and stuff. And the Lord leads me and and you know, I remember recently I was on the train and there was a guy and um, you know, unfortunately he's not here tonight, but he's come to our Connect group with young adults a couple of times. And literally he uh, he said I can share the story, so that's fine. But literally I. I I'm on the train just reading my Bible. Thought I'd be spiritual for once in my life, you know. And, uh, you know, and I, I, I'm reading my Bible, and this guy comes up to me. Yeah, how out, how out. And, and, like, literally, I don't know what he said. No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, but, but, but literally, like, I'm, you know, I'm just reading my Bible, just asking the Lord just to fill me, just to refresh me and stuff. And this guy comes up to me, and he says to me, are you a Christian? Well, obviously, he might have seen my Bible, and I thought maybe that might be a clue, but no, he didn't even know it was a Bible. And he goes, I could see something in you. Wow. I thought, what is going on? You know, it's, this is radical, man. This is so good. But he said, I saw something in you, I saw Jesus that thing in you, like, I need this Jesus. And I began to share my testimony and led him to the Lord on the train. It was an amazing story. And, uh, you know, I came back and I told Pastor Paul about it. I was so excited about this because he's a young adult. And you know what? I saw him four times on the train. And he goes, bro, why do I keep seeing you on the train? I said, well, it's very simple. Jesus, he's trying to get your intention. Come to church. <laughs> Come to church. Well, he came to life group and and he and he loved it and or connect group whatever we call it around here. Sorry, uh, <laughs> that's the same thing, right? And, uh, and 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 yeah, same thing. And. <laughs> and uh, literally what happened was the Holy Spirit is moving in his life and I say that tonight because this is the life that we are called and this is what happened with Jesus with this woman at the well what we, I don't know if you realize with this woman she went off to actually become an evangelist and she led her community to Jesus she led the villages to salvation And I don't know about you tonight, family, but really, I believe that we need to understand that freedom looks good on us. Not being bounded, not being defeated, not being victims, but being victors, being more than conquerors, that looks good on you. Turn to your neighbour and say, freedom looks good on you. Yeah looks good on you. It really does. It does something to you. It shakes something up um, in your life. And, uh, you know, I want to share this. This is something that the Holy Spirit spoke to me as I was preparing my heart this afternoon. And I had to write it down. Jesus always breaks down the walls of defeat and religion in order to see freedom come upon the city. And like, it's like all these prophetic words and these songs that we are singing this evening, you know, about revival and about the city, you know, rising and the walls coming down and all these amazing things that the Lord is releasing tonight. He's saying, in order... For me to use you, I need to break down those walls, those mindsets, that that even sometimes that cynical negative thinking that can come into my mind or whatever, you know. And so often we can live in a mentality of isolation where we isolate ourselves from the things of God. But we are living in our hope center where the Lord is saying we are called to release hope. We're called to release a freedom, a sound, a rhythm that will draw in a generation of young and old into the house of God like never before in Jesus' mighty name. See, this story broke down, it's not just about the sin in this woman, it's not just about the culture, uh, but it's about, sorry, a culture climate, that could have stopped an encounter that this woman had at the well. This woman thought Jesus was a prophet. And so often we think, we perceive Jesus to be something sometimes. Oh, when I'm going through the greatest time in my life, Jesus is moving. Hallelujah, I can feel him. I will sing, we praise you forever and ever. You know, I got the pay rise. You know, I got blessed with all this money, whatever it might be, you know, and suddenly we're just like, yeah, man, I love you, Jesus, I'll praise you, I'll serve you, and then a bump hits the road. Has anyone been there? Yeah, it's like, was it just me, Uh, you know, but a few bumps hit the road, like, man, God, I did not see that coming. Man, God, I didn't see that fire. Man, God, I didn't see that valley. Man, God, I didn't see that sickness. I did not ask for that. What's going on with my life? But you know what? When we pursue Jesus like this woman did at the well, and Jesus, you know, he didn't judge her. Jesus didn't see the worst in her. Jesus saw the potential of what she could be. And and tonight, if you have got an area in your life that needs dealing with, can I encourage you to stop seeing yourself as a victim in that and start seeing yourself as someone that God can move in you so he can do a work through you. (laughs) Because he can't do a work through you if he's not doing something in you. I mean, last year I went through something and literally for nine months, and honestly, I said to the Lord, I am stepping out of ministry and I will never do it again. That's a pretty bold thing to say, isn't that? It's looking at me. But I said that. I said, God, I am done. I, I, I can't do this. It's too hard. It's too difficult. And literally the Lord spoke to me this. He said, you can walk away from your gift, but you can't walk away from your divine calling. <laughs> That would preach, wouldn't it? Another separate message for another day. You can't walk away from you can walk away from your gifts, because there's a lot of gifted people in the in, in, in the world, right? I mean the world's showing that very true. There's a lot of gifted people, but I wonder how many anointed people we have. Because they the anointed ones know that freedom looks good on me. And I can boast in Christ alone. I can declare who he is. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I no longer, it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Actually, the first bit says, I am crucified for Christ. Paul said, I laid down my life. My life is yours, Lord. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives on the inside of me. I want to stir your faith tonight to believe God again that he can break down those walls because freedom looks good on you. When you're around Jesus, life is poured out upon your environment even when you don't see it in yourself. Because there a moment, say, like, we can come to church on Sunday, and it's amazing, but then tomorrow we're going to face the real world you go got to work tomorrow, and literally you sit in the office to somebody that you really have to love on purpose. <laughs> Don't laugh, man. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and you've got to face them. And you have a challenge by the Lord to be an example of Jesus to them. And you are challenged, and I am challenged. How am I going to respond to that person? I mean, seriously. God, you expecting me to show Jesus to them? you not know how horrible they are to me did you not know that they gossiped and taught behind my back to all of my other work colleagues like seriously and you are expecting me to actually present Jesus to them well yes the night before you said you surrendered your life on the altar and you said here I am send me so I just thought I'll give you a, a, a test <laughs> Well, what you could do is just go more, Lord, and see what he does. I mean, seriously. (laughs) But that is what our, we laugh about that. But the thing is, that is our assignments. On Monday morning, we are the church, right? You are the church. You are the hands and feet of Christ. You are the ministers of the gospel. You know, up here, it's awesome, and it's an honor, and it's a privilege to preach and I know it's part of the call of my life, but I find more satisfaction when I'm sitting with coffee with a young adult and I get to pray for them. Or someone who I meet, a stranger who I don't even know, and people call that random or weird. It's like my sister last night said, you've got some weird joy. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Sweet ass, come and sit next to me then and I'll pour more of that weird joy on you, you know? No, I love her. She's awesome. But the thing is, like, at the end of the day, we live our lives where what we think is weird actually is normal. And I want to challenge you come on, let's be people that is about the kingdom assignments that he has called us to walk into. So when you're around Jesus, oh, life is poured out. Every time you, you know, I don't know what your pattern is in the morning, but I get up and I. And I quote: fifteen promises. I get up out of my bed, even if I'm half asleep, because I'm not a morning person. And uh, you know, and I have to get up when my alarm goes off at 5:30. Oh my gosh, I am like, Lord, you've got to help me, particularly on a Monday morning. You know what I mean? It's like, God, you really got to help me right now. But I get up, and I begin to prophesy promises. And I I begin to declare, I am a child of God. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a son of the living God. God loves me. His plans are good and not of evil to give me a hope in the future. I begin to prophesy and I begin to release what God has placed on the inside of me. And then I go and I pray and I'm not saying this to boast, but I'm just saying this is what happens when we get Jesus into our daily environment. I open my Bible, I read a Psalm, a proverb a day, and then I'm, you know, I'm in the Bible plane at the moment, which is awesome, and, and all the rest of it. And I say this tonight because when we come back to the secret place, Life doesn't become easier. The challenges don't become easier. I think you probably get more challenges, actually. But, but, but actually what happens is, like, there is a freedom that comes on your life. There is this appearance, like that guy looked at me, um, came up to me on the train, you know. There's that appearance of, like, there's something in you that you have that I don't have, and I need that. So every time you were with Jesus, you become more like him. Well, I pray that's the case. If you hang around a negative person, you'll become negative. If you hang around a gossiping person, you will create gossip. If you hang around a loving person, you'll become loving. If you come hang around a gracious people, you'll carry grace in your life because who you hang around has an effect on your life. You know, uh, when I got invited to come on to staff here at Hope Centre, Pastor Paul and Jody sat me down and, you know, they offered me this role with young adults here. I was just like, man, this is awesome because I knew it was on me. But you know what happened is Pastor Paul and Jody began to see the Jesus in me. They began to see the potential in me. They began to call out the call of God on my life. That's what pastors do. They call out the, the, the potential, even when you don't see it yourself, you know? You're like even doing this. up, They've called this out of me. They began to speak what God has said about me. Environments. They bring Jesus into your environments. And I just get so excited about that. But they don't just do that for me. They do that for many people in this church. We're all witnesses to that. They bring out the gold. They bring out the gift. They encourage you. They speak into your life. They pray over you. And I was reminded as I was preparing for this message the freedom looks good on Pastor Paul and Jody has now been released onto my life. And I get quite emotional just thinking about it because I'm just like, thank you, Lord, for the incredible leaders that see the freedom that they have on their lives to release on a generation. And we are all called to be like that. God is no respecter of persons. That means what he does for one person, he will do for you. Well, did you hear about that person stepping in their calling? (laughs) (laughs) So it's not this church, it's the church down the road, you know? Oh, did you hear about that person? Oh, my gosh, they've be given the platform. Oh, my gosh. And I've been waiting for 10 years. <laughs> that Brendan guy, what the heck, he's new. He's, this is his third time preaching, I'm counting. He's done communion twice. Do you know what? God hasn't called you to worry about their lane or my lane. He's called you to worry about your lane and your purpose and your calling. And if you get some faith on the inside of you tonight, then maybe you can see some resurrection life begin to happen too. You're more worried about what someone else is thinking about their gift and you're more, and then you step into your calling. Come on. I better behave myself I probably won't be preaching again the right I'm going (laughs) I'm having a lot of fun here tonight but honestly those things limit us they really do and you know that's where offense can come in and rob us from what God has put on the inside of us some of you might know um People like, oh, you do one year of being an intern. Oh, my gosh, that's like so much, a, such a sacrifice. And it is a sacrifice, so trust me, it is a sacrifice. But I remember when I did an internship. I started internships when I was 15 years old. I don't even know if that's allowed. <laughs> but anyway... It was allowed for me. Has anyone else done an intern being 15 years old? No, see, 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 I must be special. Anyway. (laughs) But anyway, I left school, and some of you know my story, and, um, you know, I was born with a a medical disability, and literally I left school at 14 with an academic age level of an eight-year-old. And, I mean, yeah, it's just amazing what God has done. I'm just speechless. But... I got invited to be an intern. I mean, I didn't have even level one, so it's like, what are you going to do with your life? Do nothing. And doctors told me that you'll be nothing, there's no success on your life, you won't even be able to achieve anything. And that's why I've got such a heart for youth and young adults in this generation because of what God's done to me and how He's turned things around for me. And He raised me up as a teenager, and here I am being an intern. I'm cleaning toilets. It's not glamorous, people. I thought I was going to change the world, man. Like, let's go. You know, I would love to say it was all about preaching and, and you know, but no, it was all about cleaning the toilets every Monday. I mean, it's not as glamorous Sprint, you know. But the Lord taught me a real and powerful lesson about the power of actually walking in your lane. I remember cleaning the 400-seat auditorium on the Karpati Coast, and I was like, Lord, I love you, Jesus, but I am frustrated right now. Why do those young people get the platform? I am serving you. I am vacuuming the auditorium. I am on the stage (laughs) vacuuming. Uh, uh, Sorry if I'm just like demonstrating myself. Is this getting you passionate for cleaning the church? Hope it is. (laughs) And literally I'm I'm vacuuming this auditorium and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, do you know that's my platform? Why don't you start praying for every person in this auditorium instead of moaning and groaning. Why can't I get a platform? Do you know what? It wasn't one year. It wasn't even two years. And it wasn't even three years. It was four years of suffering for the Lord. Now I see why I've got good, um, you know, muscles and all the rest of it. You don't need to go to the gym. You just clean the church. There you go. And you get a press session and all in one. But you know what, I laugh, but I tell you what, the Lord was, man, was he dealing with my character. And he's probably still is dealing with my character <laughs> on other things, because <laughs> we we're all on a journey, yeah, that's right. you know? And then he said, right, so my family, we moved to Arise, and I was 18 years old, and I said, Lord, I will serve you, but do not take me for another internship. <laughs> Please, Lord, I will not do it. Wow, (laughs) a good friend of mine, Pastor Grant Heslop, who's an incredible minister in Nelson. He he said, "Hey, we should meet up for coffee." I was like, "Okay, I'd love to meet up with coffee." I don't know why, you know. It's like. If you are wanting like like me to sing, I don't think you got the wrong guy, you know. And I was excited. I wonder what he's going to present to me. We were just wondering if you would like to be an intern in the next intake. And I was like, nah, bro, I've done. He's like, no, this will be good for you. This will be good for your growth. There's a call of leadership on your life. This will help you into your destiny and, and all the rest of it. Well, I, God said do it, so I did it. Three years later, (laughs) oh my gosh, people, what is happening with me? As long as it's not cleaning auditoriums. Well, at the end of the second year, we went to Raatonga to celebrate my mother's, uh, how old was she, 50. Lost count for a minute, she was 50. And literally we went there and I was like, man, God, I really need a revelation right now. Should I do a third year or not? I've done all of this and I'm, 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 you know, I'm in the pool and, you know, and just having a great time. And the Lord says, do it. I'm like, what are you teaching me, Lord? This is like, this is like going like, I feel like I'm getting nowhere in life. Like, honestly, I mean, if there's a Genesis book or Christian records for internships, I'm sure I'd be somewhere there. <laughs> <laughs> but what <it's, laughs> but what it, what it's done is it's moulded me to become the leader that he has designed me to be now in this season. And now in this season, I believe it's prepared me to be in the season that I'm in now. And I thank God for that. So if Pastor Paul comes and asks me on Tuesday, can you go, Who probably will now, um, can you go and clean the toilets in the office? I'll be like, oh, I'd love to, Pastor. I'd love to, you know. <laughs> but the thing is, the thing is, <laughs> yeah, vacuum, yeah. But the thing, <laughs> the, the thing is, like, in our lives, we've got to know that freedom looks good on us. And I give God praise and glory for taking me through that journey in my life because now I'm able to use some of those tools to actually empower others and to train others and to know what it is to be a follower of Jesus looks good because freedom looks good on me. Vacuuming looks good on me. Folding newsletters look good on me. Amen? Doing up welcome packs looks good on me. Why? Because freedom is in me. I don't need a title to look good. I don't need, you know, a label to look good. All I need is the freedom of Christ on the inside of me. And whatever it is that God has placed in you tonight, do it. Have a yes in your heart. Do whatever it takes. Anyway, a couple points. I'm getting carried away here. Um, God's forgiveness over your life defines you, not your behaviour. See, so often we can look at the behaviors in our lives and camp there. The sin I've committed, people come to me and they tell me sometimes their issues and I think I'm going to, like, say something bad about them or something or hit them. (laughs) I'm like, chill out, man. It's okay. Jesus is in control. He loves you. What, you're not going to rip into me? No, that's not my job. My job is to counsel you, my job is to pray for you, my job is to mentor you, but my job's never to judge you. That's Jesus' job. He's, that's his job, that's his role, and so often we look at our lives and go, it's our behavior that defines us. We don't step into the call of God because, oh, if they really knew what I did 10 years ago if they really knew my upbringing, if they really knew my story. And that's why so many people are quiet to share their story because if they really knew the pain and my deep secrets that I walked from, if they really knew how my parents brought me up, or if they really knew my education um, status, if they really knew I might not be the cool guy to hang out with anymore. But it's never about that. And like this woman, it wasn't about the five husbands And all the religious leaders are going, what, Jesus? What gives you the right? Who do you think you are hanging out with this woman? We are high and mighty. We are doing the real work of the ministry. (laughs) Can you not see the miracles that have been poured out? And Jesus is like, no, this woman, she's broken. But I can meet her need. I can heal her. I can set her free. And she went on to change her community. One of my favorite, one of my favorite heroes is Ranhard Bonkey. He is he was incredible. He's gone home to be with Jesus now, and and um, but I remember him sharing this story when I saw him in Australia back in two thousand and five, um, and literally he began to share about how he was opening up for the altar in the fields in Africa. You know, he preached in fields, and literally millions of people were in these fields. And this little African lady comes up to Ron Hart and goes, I need the fire, give me the fire. So he goes, I release the fire. And then suddenly she went flying in the air. <laughs> be like if something just happened right now, hey eh? Like <laughs> release the fire and then everyone went flying down the road, you know, it would be pretty radical. That would be quite a cool TV story, eh? That would be awesome. (laughs) That would change New Zealand, I think. (laughs) But here's this woman, and then literally she goes and changes the world. She's decided to start a Bible study in her village. 24 women came. 24 women to a Bible study. A broken woman. The next week, 88 women came. She then hired out a hall. Five hundred women came. Wow. Then men came, and this and then it went into the thousands. This woman became one of the well-known evangelists in Africa. And anyway, Ranhard went home and he said, "Lord, I don't get it. Why is this woman having so much impact in her community?" Thousands and millions of people coming to Christ every week. And here are my Bible college students at Evangelism School of Fire. And they're not doing this. And the Holy Spirit said, Ranhard, I wanted to show you how I can take a broken person and use them for my splendor and glory to build a kingdom. Don't ever limit what God has placed on the inside of your life. And, yeah, I understand, you know, there are times when you need to go and get partial care, maybe counseling for things, and I encourage you to do that. If there's things in your world that you really need the Lord to move in your heart on so you can walk into healing and wholeness. I know we've got cleansing streams coming up soon. I encourage you to do that. If you, there's deep issues you need to get healing for, I'm not, I'm not sugarcoating that because we need that in our lives. We all need that. But what I'm saying is, when there is a call on your life, don't let your past define you. How have you embraced God's forgiveness for you lately? How have you embraced, oh gosh, I better hurry up. My goodness, I didn't realize that was the time. (laughs) Um, You know, or are you allowing your behavior to define you? Your behavior isn't your destination, but Jesus's. Jesus is your destination. We allow others to define us by how they pull us down and that becomes our identity or how they look at us. But we need to come back to the place where we allow his for- forgiveness to define us. Like this woman, she had an encounter with Jesus, the Messiah. And every moment we have an encounter, are you walking out a 24 lifestyle of his forgiveness, which is his grace, or are you living under the behavior of your God? past. God's forgiveness is positional for the greatest warfare that he's causing us as the body of Christ to walk into. A season of reconciliation. Not offence. You know, that's giving the devil ownership. If someone's upset you, meet with them. You upset me. Really? I had no idea. You didn't talk to me in the foyer. I've had it many times. I upset people because I didn't talk to them in the foyer. I'm I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to not talk to you. My mind was in another world. (laughs) But so often we can allow hurt and bitterness get on the inside of us and it can rob what God is wanting to do in, 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 in the body. Your sonship is your eternal position, not your past. Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Romans 8, verse 14 says, For those who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. You are a son or a daughter of God this evening. If you are born again, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you are a child of the King. See, the religious leaders were trying to get this woman locked away, but Jesus saw her as one of his own. And I wonder how you see yourself tonight. Do you see yourself as a child of God? Oh, man, imagine if we all went around saying that. I'm a child of God. 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 Yeah, boy, let's go. I'm a child of God. You know, like, literally, if we all live like that in the faith and in spirit, I tell you what, we probably won't even have a lot of those illnesses that we see today, because we've declared over our lives who He says that we are in Jesus' name. Um, so I'm going to cause a time sake, I'm just going to pass through some of this other stuff. Um, the Bible has over 1,500 promises for you in Scripture. If you think about the promises that He has for you, there's a lot of promises isn't it? There's a lot of testimonies in those promises, but we use a lot of moanings in our lives. God said, let your test be your testimony. Let your mess become your message. And your sonship is your timeline over your future. Your sonship is. It's so powerful when we get this on the inside of us. This has changed my life. And the last point I'd like to make, and maybe if the keys can come or the worship team, Um, community and discipleship breeds freedom over your life. We need community. I cannot stress that enough. We need one another. There has been so much isolation in the last three years that I can't even keep count. But do you know what the bigger problem is? We have too much spiritual isolation. You know, I don't need the church. Yes, you do. We need one another. We really need one another in this hour. I don't know about you, but if I wasn't at church on Sunday, I don't know where I would be. Because communities frames for, something on the inside of me it's changed me we need each other oh wow, well, brethren you're called to the ministry well so are you it just looks different and you got to realize i worked for i worked for msd for a couple of years i've worked in jobs i worked at new world before coming here i won't tell you about new world lately we'll leave it as that i forgive them in jesus name Pastor Paul said, "It is great." I'm like, I can't see any goodness, Great. This is good. God's closed the door. I said that it was not what I was wanting. <laughs> community, it's rich, building. But you know what? God used Pastor Paul, and I'm sharing this because Pastor Paul spoke something that I needed a revelation on. That's community. That's discipleship. We need one another. You know, um, my cousin passes an incredible church in Tauranga called um, Create Church. You might have heard of it. They were on the um, Newsday one with a community project they did. And Joel's amazing. I mean, he's, he's a legend. And, um, but I remember spending some time recently with his wife, Katie, and she said, Brendan, we need to move from being individuals to family. We need to move from a place to where we're actually just focused on ourselves, and we need to move into a place where we're family. There's a togetherness, there is a there's a bonding, there's a now being released. And I want to encourage you tonight, church. If you're not in a connect group, sign up for one. Go to one, go to any of them, find friends. Be at church twice a day on a Sunday. Serve in a team. Use your gifts. Well, I'm just gonna wait for Pastor Paula Jody to come up to me. Well, you might be waiting a long time. Because that's not how it works in the kingdom. Amen. I'm just waiting for the opportunity. You have an opportunity. Sign up to a serving team, there's your opportunity. Make a difference. Community, we need it. Discipleship, we need it. Go out for coffee with someone. When you get that into me, oh, man, if that person come to my heart, give them a call. Text them. Ring them. This afternoon, I was on the phone for half an hour ringing certain young adults that I haven't seen in a, in a couple of weeks. Hey, how you going? How How you doing? You know, would you like to come to church tonight? Love you to be in the house. What's that? That's building discipleship in them. We are called to do that. You know, and as as I end tonight, I took on this two months ago, this young adult role, and I love pioneering things. I just love that stuff. It gets me excited. And I love starting things and then passing it on because I might not see the harvest of that. Who knows? I'm, I'm, I'm not controlling that. That's God's, that's God's role over my life. But even in the two months that I've taken this on, we have seen a connect group started. We're seeing hangouts being um, established. We're, we're seeing young people connecting with young adults, connecting with one another. We're having young adults come into our evening service. They're starting to serve in areas. And if you are new tonight, we will be having a connect lounge, and literally, there'll be young adults serving you tonight. What is that? That's community and discipleship. And if that's just the start, I'm, I'm excited to see what the end of 2023 will look like. Because there is an establishment of community and discipleship. And I wonder tonight, what does that freedom look like on your life tonight? Church, why don't we just stand in the presence of the Lord? We're going to fill this altar tonight because I believe that the Lord is wanting to deliver some people, set some people free from. I just got this word in my heart and it was like God, the Holy Spirit is just saying, I want to break the fear of man off your life. The snare that has been trying to stop and limit the gift that's on the inside of you that's become dormanted. And the Holy Spirit is here right now and he's just wanting to break down that approval of man off your life because it can limit you from the potential of a revival being released. So Holy Spirit, we declare tonight That the freedom of Christ will come alive on the inside of our hearts. We repent tonight, Lord, when we have taken on our agenda based on our behaviors and based on, on what we've walked through. And we've allowed that to be the call, what we thought was the call. And we say, Holy Spirit, forgive us when we're taking on an attitude about pleasing me and I and we forgot about the loss and we forgot about our mission and we forgot about discipleship and we forgot about doing life together, let the freedom of Christ come upon us that looks good on us and then let it breathe an attraction of revival from the north to the south Oh, come on. From the north to the south, from the east to the west, let there be a flood of your glory, your Shekinah glory. Let it fall upon our nation, upon your beautiful bride, that the church will be glorious in this hour. Because freedom looks good on us. Church, we want to encourage you tonight. Why don't you just come forward this evening. If you want ministry in this area, let's come and worship. And we've got a prayer team this evening. They're going to come and minister to you. And as you do, come on, let's come with a heart of expectation right now in this room. Whatever you need, where it's physical, where it's emotional, where it's mentally, or whether, whatever it is tonight. And let's receive tonight from the Holy Spirit, because I believe, literally, in this moment, we're going to see something break over your life. You're not going to hold on to that thing anymore. No, the Lord is saying, "I'm about to do a new thing." There's a wind and the breath of the Spirit right now flowing. So, shira out rata ho, kira ramaka, ha ha, ho. Oh, Jesus, let your joy fill people's minds in Jesus' name. We release revival in us tonight. We release the freedom in us tonight. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Jesus. Bella, you are going to write songs that are going to literally change New Zealand. There is a worship anointing over your life. And the Lord says he's raising you up with a sound in this season. And he's saying, do not fear. He's going to put a confidence in you like never before. You're going to be like Miriam where she wrote songs and the Lord used her upon the Israelites. And I see on your life tonight a heavenly 19 for worship like never before. You are not called to wait till you're 18 or when you're 21 or whenever, but now as a teenager, the Lord is saying to you, it is your time to rise up your mantle of prophetic worship. So Lord, we just release that anointing upon Bella in Jesus' name. Fire of God, fall on her afresh in Jesus' name. hold Let the anointing of heaven just wash over her for the prophetic of worship. Songs will go from New Zealand into the nations of the world. You will write songs. You will produce recordings. I just see it in the Spirit. You will lead young worshipers what it is to worship the Father in Spirit and in truth. It's a new sound that hasn't been released before. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, thank you, Jesus.